Our last speaker is Rasmus Nielsen, who's uh, director of the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism and also professor of policy communication at the university. His work focuses on changes in the news media, political communication, and the role of digital technologies in both of those. He's an award-winning author of several books on journalism and political campaigns. Over to you, Rasmus. Thanks very much, Peter. Uh, this has been a rich day already. Um, I will try to keep it uh, quite short. So there is time for one or two questions, perhaps, and then for wine for those who are interested uh, in wine rather than questions. Um, so I will briefly touch on sort of three aspects of the work that we do at the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism that concerns the role of AI uh, in the area of news. Uh, the first is how AI is used on news. The second one is how AI is used by news organizations. And the third one is how AI features in the news. Uh, and you might think that it's strange that someone who directs an institute uh, that is committed to exploring the future of journalism, I think a profession that people perhaps associate a bit more uh, with sort of uh, ink-stained hacks uh, uh, or you know, stately, august old broadcasters uh, is interested in AI and works in AI. Um, but because our focus is on the future, uh, and as Gina pointed out, sometimes I think we focus a bit on the distant issues without recognizing the way in which technologies are already reshaping the present and the near future, uh, I will draw attention to a couple of things that are already happening around AI that, can, that is quite central to journalism and the way in which journalism can, uh, to the best of its imperfect ability in different countries around the world, try to play the different roles that we may associate with it, um, inform us, by making the invisible world visible to the citizen of the modern state, uh, help to portray the contending forces of our time so we can think about where we stand on the issues of the day, and confront us, if you will, with experience that go beyond our own immediate lived uh, experience. So um, where are we with AI uh, in this? Well, the first thing I want to point out is that um, arguably the biggest impact of AI as it exists today, uh, in practice, in, in this case, you know, mostly various forms of machine learning, uh, but also uh, some forms of deep learning and, and neural networks, is applied to news by other companies that do not themselves uh, provide news. And it's quite central to the way in which most of us navigate news and public information. I'm talking, of course, about the role of platform companies that operate uh, search services like uh, Google Search or social media platforms like Facebook. Um, that by now are the most widely used ways of accessing uh, online news. So at the Reuters Institute every year, we run a big survey, the Reuters Institute Digital News Report, where in 2019, we surveyed uh, online news users in 38 different markets across the world. And, we, and most of these people use a wide variety of different ways of getting news online. But when we asked a follow-up question about what is their main way of accessing news online, only 29% identify going directly to the website or app of a news publisher as their main way of getting news online, whereas more than two-thirds identify various forms of site door access via search or social, or also other forms of site doors like aggregators, for example. And in 2019, for the first time, we had actually had a majority, 53% of our respondents, identifying various forms of algorithmic selection, search, social media, and aggregators, uh, as their main way of accessing news online. So this is AI that is used on news content to filter it as all of us are voting with our feet in terms of what are the channels we rely on to discover the news content. 
Um, and this, of course, leaves news organizations in a situation where they are in turn increasingly reliant on the search engines and social media that all of us as end users are embracing. And in turn, these rely on various forms of AI and machine learning amongst the many different forms of automation that they use to near instantaneously rank content, whether it's in response to a search query or in a response to the act of opening a social media app or in the response to the act of accessing a news aggregator. This is AI done to news, so to speak, by other companies. What about the news industry itself? Um, so a lot of the discussion has been around the sort of idea of so-called robo-journalists uh, and essentially the uh, hope, perhaps, amongst people concerned about the expense side and the fear amongst those who actually produce the journalism that all of us rely on as citizens, um, that they would be replaced. Uh, by uh, systems uh, akin to the text generation uh, uh, that uh, uh, Karina showed us uh, various forms of neural networks alike to generate content automatically without uh, human agency. In fact, as is often the case uh, with digital technology, a lot of the initial embrace uh, of AI in the news industry has uh, been at the back end rather than the front end. Uh, it's been around issues of recommendations, this is a survey of digital news leaders that we just published uh, earlier this month. Uh, more than 200 editors-in-chiefs, CEOs, and other leaders and news organizations from around the world uh, rating the forms of AI they consider most important for their organization. So various forms of automated recommendations, and secondly, various forms of commercial use, for example, to predict the propensity that you might sign up as a subscriber for a news organization and thus target you and market to you in particular ways. And only less so uh, is the use of this for sort of automated tagging and introduction of metadata and the like to display things more efficiently. And there's actually very little focus on news gathering and so-called robo-journalism, the traditional areas of concern from the point of view of many professional journalists, and much more at the back end of data, of targeting, and of recommendations. And of course, this, in fact, is not so different from what the platforms are doing to journalism. In fact, publishers are in many ways trying to follow the platforms and adopting to the best of their ability some of the same technologies. And here, of course, I think you can see resonances to some of the points that Alan drew up uh, in the opening presentation about the way in which an access effect or a performance effect might lead to very different outcomes depending on who, in fact, can use these technologies. There are two major news organizations here in Oxford, uh, the Oxford Mail uh, slash Oxford Times and then the BBC Oxford. Um, and let's just say that the two organizations will have access to very different forms of technology uh, as NewsQuest and the BBC have rather different resources available and different abilities to gather data, for example. So this might play out in quite different ways depending on how the technology uh, evolves. The third area um, is the way in which AI features in news coverage itself. Uh, I think Gina uh, issued a call, if you will, for a public debate uh, not just around the ethics of AI, what do we consider to be good or bad uh, forms of this technology or use of this technology, but also the politics of it. How do we make collectively binding decisions? Again, a theme that Alan uh, started from the beginning of the day as well. Uh, I suppose I would say this as someone who both works on and cares deeply about professional journalism, but because most of us have precious little personal sort of insight into uh, AI or the wider implications beyond our experience as users, where we may, it may often be invisible to us that these technologies are relied upon or used, um, I think we rely, at least in part, 
on the ability of journalism to inform us about the ways in which these technologies are used, who uses them, for what, and with what likely implications, if we are, in fact, to form a view as citizens on how we think this technology ought to be governed and what we think of the ways in which it's being put to use by different organizations, including, of course, importantly, our own governments, to do a variety of things that we may not uh, find uh, equally agreeable. So how is this, in fact, covered in the news? Well, um, I think most of you will have, if you have an interest in this area, will have come across articles that are illustrated with a still from various Terminator movies, the sort of the fear of killer robots. Um, and I think it's quite a resonant um, framing, if you will, uh, of the issue. Uh, and when we set out to try to understand how AI is covered in the UK news media uh, uh, two years ago at the beginning of a project, um, I suppose our hypothesis was that that kind of sort of slightly sensationalist scaremongering would be quite prominent in the volume of coverage. In fact, uh, we found a rather different texture of the coverage, uh, which is that when we look at what the sources are and the occasions that occasion news coverage of AI in the UK, it is overwhelmingly driven by the industry itself. Uh, so more than uh, half, in fact, 60% of all the articles we identified that dealt with AI um, in uh, the content analysis of eight months of coverage uh, in six mainstream news outlets here in the UK, 60% were occasioned by various forms of release, press release, product launches and the like uh, by companies, commercial for-profit companies that develop various forms of AI technology. Very little academic research, very little government, almost no civil society or others. And in fact, last year we did a follow-up study in this to better understand the role of academics. It turns out that amongst the academics, more than two-thirds in fact have very strong industry affiliations, not simply in the way that they collaborate with some of these companies, which we do too at the Institute, as many uh, entities in Oxford and elsewhere do, but in that they work primarily for industry and have only part-time or nominal academic affiliations. So in fact, what is here listed academic research turns out on closer inspection to be largely be more industry uh, sources driving the coverage. Now, this is not always a bad thing, but I think we can sort of see the risk for a certain conflict of interest, if you, if you will, in a coverage that is largely driven by sources from the industry itself, a for-profit commercial industry. And I think if we um, step back from AI narrowly to look at, at what this sort of what analogies to the situation might be, I think we can think of sort of two things from the not too distant past. The way in which the finance industry uh, has been covered uh, historically, uh, including in the run-up to the financial crisis, in a way that's heavily reliant on industry sources with technical insight and expertise, which makes them good sources, but also potential conflicts of interest. And of course, even more adjacently, and in some cases even dealing with the same, very same companies, the way in which say, social media has been covered in uh, the tens, if you will, again, in a way that was heavily, heavily reliant on industry sources and often quite, if you will, quite positive about the potential of new technologies. And I think we have seen belatedly uh, not so attuned to the sort of the wider range of possible outcomes and consequences uh, of the large scale deployment uh, of new technologies. So where does that leave us? Um, I want to leave with a couple of questions that we can discuss either in this room or over delightful refreshments outside. Um, so I think there are some questions that this raised, at least for me and in the work we do at the Reuters Institute uh, around the growing role of AI in news. I think the first one is how do we ensure accountability, intelligibility and transparency when AI is used on news? Uh, I think fundamentally for us as users, but more importantly perhaps as us as citizens and indeed for many of the participating organizations, whether public service media like the BBC or for-profit ones like NewsQuest that owns the Oxford Mail, 
um, it is extremely hard, near impossible, to actually understand what the hell happens when news is filtered uh, through, for example, search or social. Um, and I think it's a question whether that is sort of a state of affair we can be content with. Secondly, uh, when we think about how the news industry itself leveraged the power of various forms of AI, uh, how might they avoid the already well-known and documented risks of, for example, rampant discrimination uh, in the way in which we deal with gender and race, again, an issue that Gina flagged for us. It is well known that these systems, unless very carefully calibrated and constantly monitored, can reinforce and amplify existing inequalities. Is that really something that the news industry should be complicit with, in particular knowing that these risks are very real? And secondly, of course, concentration. There are many dynamics at play in our media environment right now that leads to sort of winner-takes-most markets, where a few companies succeed beyond their wildest dreams and most other companies struggle. Um, and I think this issue of um, how AI develops and, and whether it becomes more accessible or more uh, effective, if you will, is a pretty critical question for what the future of the news industry will look like. Are these technologies that will only be really powerful and efficient to deploy if you are a very large company with lots of data, lots of engineers, and lots of money? Or are these also tools that might empower smaller organizations, nonprofit organizations, local news organizations, and the like? So issues around discrimination and concentration. And of course, finally, for the journalism itself, how can journalism rise to the challenge of covering AI in a way that allow for an informed debate, not just in rooms like this, at universities like this, but in public, over the ethics and politics and future of AI. With that, thank you very much.